That's way too long for a no. podcast. No, nobody's going to be. And the fake guy. news one will probably be like an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, can you just split it in half and just say, <laughs> well, this is the second half. Yeah. Really? But like, and you could like, you still have, it screws up the whole uh, format. I got to take a leave. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Joel. And I'm Jose. And this week, we will talk about fake news. This is our second part of the fake news conversation. So I feel like we talked a lot about fake news in the first part, but there's it's just such a rich topic that we wanted to dive back into it again. Yeah, we went down too many rabbit holes and, and we missed a bunch of important things. But before we continue that conversation on fake news, Joel, what do we have on tap this week? Okay, uh, one of the beers we're drinking, let's do a little cheers here. Cheers. Is uh, Pablo by M Special. Pablo by M Special. Now, we've had M Special before. It's that brewery right off 101 in Goleta. If you guys are ever going by Stork, uh, Stork Avenue in Goleta, or it's the same off-ramp you use to get to UCSB, right off the freeway, um, M Special Brewery. It's really good beer. I love it. And this is yeah. what kind of beer? This is a triple or a double IPA? This is... Okay, now, and this is a pale ale. Yeah, this is a good pale ale. I've had this before at the bar. So basically, um, according to their website, it says it's a gateway beer, which is a pretty funny way to explain it. So in other words, it's made out of marijuana. Yeah, it's it's a marijuana-based beer. No, have you um, had that yet, by the way? I have not, no. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. It's weird. You know, of course, that... Uh, hops and marijuana are related, right? I We've believe that, that was yeah. one of your. Uh, so all beer is really a gateway drug. But anyway, that's go on. True, but so and so M Special says that the Pablo um, Special Pale Ale, it's tropical and has hoppy aromas, smooth, non-bitter finish. I I, I, I enjoy that beer. It's yeah. really good. It's really good. Very yeah. tasty, just straightforward. Yeah. Drinkable. But we also have Lizard's Mouth, which I love. That's brewed by um, the wonderful Figaro Mountain. And that's a, what, like a double IPA, right? It's a real drinkable, but uh, high alcohol. Yeah, that's a 9% alcohol. And then this this stuff is like even more, this this Big Sur Mm -hmm. double IPA that we have, which tastes kind of like Lizard's Mouth, right? Yeah, it's it's really good. Super good. I actually was really excited that we had the um, Lizard's Mouth because it was so delicious. But then I realized, yeah, the Big Sur double IPA, it's a 9.6. 9.6, and that's from Barrel House. And Barrel House is Paso, you say? Paso Robles. Right. Good beer, all of it, and local. So hopefully we don't get too wasted and too sloshy. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Joel and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes, though we tend to be a bit loquacious, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, Joel will discuss... Yeah, so uh, I'm a YouTube um, 
I'm, I guess I'm an addict. There's no doubt about it. I'm a total <laughs> addict. I've become an addict after I got rid of my cable. There That's my new cable. And um, I went down the rabbit hole of uh, music theory and just music the other day and went really far. And um, I, I realized that there's a, there's a great um, YouTube about the one instrument that is not in an orchestra that is super common in bands and marching bands and in almost all music, jazz, even rock and roll. Can you think of uh, an orchestral instrument that is missing? There's really four types of this um, instrument. I, I was thinking like the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's all kinds of the mandolin is gone. Yeah. I got it. The accordion, no, the saxophone. Have you ever realized that the saxophone's not in the symphony? Really? Yeah. So I, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's, it's a trip. It really should be, and it's it's really because of pure hate by um, per, Parisian instrument makers who kept uh, Adolf Sax. That's a guy who who um, developed it, who created the saxophone. He's a dude from Belgium who came to Paris, and these Parisian um, instrument makers. Um, basically kept his instrument out. Now, oh. the the misconception um, for why it is not in a symphony orchestra is because some people have said it doesn't blend well with hmm. other instruments, which is ridiculous. If you're any kind of musician, you know that you don't want uh, instruments that always fit perfectly. It's so cool to hear the dissonance and the uh, differences between in instruments. So that's just a ridiculous idea that saxophones um, are not in symphony orchestras because they don't blend well with other instruments. It's because Adolf Sax got a lot of crap from Parisian instrument makers back when he developed it in the 1800s. Now, one more thing yeah. that I learned. You know what? Perfect pitches I've heard of it. I don't know what it is, though. So perfect pitch is this ability of people, if you tell them, please sing an A, they can sing it, and give me an F sharp, mm -hmm. and they can, F sharp, that's, uh, they can give that. Uh, and they, if you play them a C or whatever um, note on mm -hmm. the piano, they can actually tell you what it is. It's this amazing huh. ability. So um, I found out this interesting fact because I've always kind of wanted that. I thought it's super cool that adults cannot learn perfect pitch. And there's a whole bunch huh. of adults out there who are really trying hard to learn perfect pitch yeah. to be able to do these things. You actually have to learn it because your brain is so plastic as kids. Yeah, You have to learn it as a little kid. You have to learn perfect pitch. So this guy named Rick Beato on YouTube, man, if you guys want to get into music theory, Definitely check this guy out, Rick Beato, B-E-A-T-O, it's like Beato, on YouTube, and his son has got perfect pitch, but not only does he have perfect pitch, but he's like this genius where uh, Rick, his father, will play a chord with like five or six different notes in it, and this little five-year-old or whatever he is, like, he can pick out every single note in this super huh. complicated chord. Anyway, it's really fun to check this guy out, so... That's so cool. Yeah. So I have, I, don't, I have I have terrible pitch. I can't <laughs> I can't sing whatsoever. But I play the clarinet. I heard you sing. You're all right. You, you, karaoke Ugh. style. It was, it was good. I did more of a Shatner-esque yeah. no, version good. of the thong song. No, but you had style. You had whatever you don't have in pitch, you have in style. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So what do you got today? What? And please tell me it's religious. It's, yeah, it is a little bit. And, I, and this is part two of oh, my yes. Oh, yes. spiritual but not religious discussion. Yes. There's great research out by the wonderful Pew Research. Yes. And they have been tracking what's called the rise of the religious nuns. And yeah. 
They call themselves spiritual, but not religious. And of course, everyone, when they hear you say nuns, they think the ladies with the habits. Right. The bad habits. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean those ladies with the bad habits. I'm, I'm talking about the nuns. N-O-N-E-S. Right? Not, yeah. not the flying N-U-N-S yes. nuns. But, um, yeah, so they have found that in recent years, people who are identifying as nuns has actually increased, um, especially over the last five years, and thanks in large part to um, millennials. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they largely identify... Um, as nuns compared yeah. to their to their uh, their elders, I suppose. Right? Yeah, to other demographics. No, that doesn't surprise me. Did did, did that surprise no. you? No, yeah, not at all. But the extent was pretty gnarly, right? Well, it, it's it's still a minority compared to yeah. how many identify either as Christian or any other religious organization. You know, organization, but it's still a growing number. But I, I think people like Bill Maher or you know the New Atheists groups, they might be excited to see the rise of the nuns. Hitchens, Hitchens, Harris, rest in peace. Harris. Yeah, yeah. Harris would I think as well. Yeah. But the only problem with um, with that with celebrating too soon is that although the rise of the nuns and the NES is increasing, they're not identifying as agnostic or atheist. Oh yeah, they're still spiritual. Yeah. The overwhelming majority of them, I believe it was two-thirds, still um, report having spiritual what experiences. Is that? is that like, I don't like the specific rules of I think this. so. I want to do my own thing, sort of, but yes. I still want God to be on my side. Pretty much. And, and I think if people, it's because, you know, they're borrowing from um, Eastern spiritualities. Mm-hmm. They're borrowing a little from Christianity. They're making up their own versions of different faith traditions. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is a phenomenon known as Sheilaism. Sheilaism. So look it up. No Sheilaism. It's a real thing. Sheila is, means she girl. Was, in, uh, Sheila is a girl in Australia. What does it mean here? Well, actually, there was a respondent to a survey okay. regarding this topic. No way. And they were asking this woman, who was named Sheila, okay. um, how she came up with her spirituality. And her response was, well, I just take whatever makes sense to me, and I it's my make up my own religion, which I call Sheilaism. Now. It's become a thing. I got to say, I like, as a sort of an existentialist, I like the idea that everybody gets to, we all pick and choose whether we do it from authority or from ourselves anyway. But... Why does she have to pick and choose from religions? Why can't she just? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get it. It's kind of weird to me. So it's it's interesting, and, and, and I think to to close here, I'll just I'll just use um, an analogy to this movie that's really popular with many women, called Eat, Pray, Love. Oh yeah, Good and. Much. My wife watched it. I think you said your wife. Yep. She read the book and then watched it. And so basically this journey yeah. of this woman named Elizabeth um, Gilbert. Yeah. And she's going through tr- uh, tough times with her husband. And she decides to quit her job, pack up, and she travels the world looking for some kind of spiritual truth, some kind of home for her to spiritually reside. And she ends up flirting with all kinds of different spiritual faith traditions. Yeah. Right? And in the end, spoiler alert, she has this line that I think kind of captures this phenomenon. She says, I finally discovered God in me. Yeah. And I think Christians could relate. Yeah. God is in you. True. Yeah. But she takes it to the next step, which we would recoil at, as me. I am God. In other words, I am God. Yeah. And I think that happens with a lot of people. Like, they end up worshiping themselves. Yeah. Our narcissistic world. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to 
I'll worship God, one that I've construed, and the one that I've construed looks and acts and believes a lot like me. So don't you think that they would just kind of, not maybe entirely, assume that they can't do wrong? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, it's not. it doesn't challenge them. It affirms yeah. them. Right, right. So yeah. that's, that's, that's my favorite That topic. goes along with this whole idea also that, you know, our self-esteem and our self-worth is just is primary. Uh, I yeah. got to say that um, when I was going through tough times in my life. I also kind of resorted to not mysticism because I can't stand mysticism, but I did explore. I, I, I searched hard for things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand. I think people search for things yeah. and get into mysticism and just, and, and, and really get into other religions, not at high points in their life. I'm right. sorry to say. No, but I think there's truth in that. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, but you know, there is, truth in what you say. People are searching for God. They're, sp- they're searching for some kind of spiritual truth. And there's value in the search, right? And yeah. seeking, right? We can call these people seekers. Yeah, I like the search. That's that's awesome. But from a Christian point of view, I, I would say, yes, keep searching, keep seeking. But I think we would call that the ego drama, right? Or it's from your perspective. And from a Christian point of view, What's more interesting to me is what's called the theodrama. I gotta ask you something. Okay, yeah. but keep on. Tell me what that's. So the theodrama is God's search for you. Okay, good, good. Because I got a question for you. As an agnostic, is it good for me to be sort of waiting for a real big sign, or is that kind of lame? I, I think it's not lame. Because, I think it's good. Okay, good. But like, are all these? You mentioned that maybe some of the signs have happened. Or maybe there are signs noticing. you're not noticing. See, I don't buy that because how do you know? You, you can't. Will I for sure know? I don't know. See, this thing that's called discernment. Like yeah. you have to, oh, yeah. and that's why that's why I like the Jesuit spirituality. Is you take time to reflect. Yeah. So you know, you're not going to see God's face. You're not yeah, going right, to hear right. His that's voice speaking to that's you. That's what I need. Right. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. It's just like with Moses. He's asking God. You know. You know, who are you? Can I see your face? And God right. appears in passing. Right. And so I think that's true with a lot of spirituality. You maybe you don't notice in the moment God is there, but like you see in passing, right? Yeah. Upon reflection, the signs. But um, yeah, well, it ain't happening. <laughs> so that's where yeah, that's, that's where the reflection comes yeah, in, I guess. Very good. But, I love that. So Sheila, that's good. Sheila is so interesting. Look it up. Sheila is This week, we are going to go with part two of fake news. I already said I do not think we plumb the depths of fake news. Can we start with this idea that media is the fourth estate? So, I mean, we have our three parts of government. Do you think it's that important? I mean, I think you do. I do. I do. I mean, it may be the most important. And we hadn't even gotten into that last time, how... If you totally disregard uh, one part of the four uh, pillars, then I, I, I can imagine the whole structure coming down. Totally. But the thing is, is we have these elected officials who are in government, and their main focus is to retain their position, right, to hold their office. And you could argue the media's focus is on making money or what have you, but their job is to keep the entirety of the government in check, to balance them out. And so that's why I think it's dangerous for someone like Trump to undermine the media. Yeah. You're taking out one of the legs of, it's like taking a leg out from under your table. Yeah. Now let's compare it to undermining the Congress. 
which mm-hmm. happens all the time. What's a diff? I guess one is saying you're undermining people who have to take a stand and it mm-hmm. are going to be automatically adversarial and going to take their stand, uh, the other mm-hmm. side be damned, versus right. I guess the media is always supposed to be objective. And when you're calling, fact-checking, and um, I guess I still believe in objective truth. I think it can be presented. I think it still is object um, presented. And I think that whole thing, which we didn't discuss last, is being undermined. It is. And I think we, maybe you and I have talked about this, where individuals believe that they're the ultimate authority, right? So I don't watch MSNBC or I don't watch Fox News because it doesn't align with my worldview, right? Yeah, this is a big part of it. Or I stop reading the Washington Post or I don't read the New York Times or these sources of information, not saying that Fox News or MSNBC are the height of sources, but... New York Times has been pretty much the gold standard. Yeah. And because it doesn't align with their ideology. Yeah. So they're willing to... So I'm going to the board right now and I'm writing, get out of your echo chamber. Mm-hmm. As under the uh, uh, solutions section. And that is huge. Do we teach that in school? Should we? We need to. Yeah. yeah, I totally think we should. I mean, I'm way more inclined to watch MSNBC versus Fox. Because, um, and this is so interesting. We are actually provided by our brain. It's dopamine or one of those feel-good drugs, natural drugs, when we hear stuff that we agree with. Mm-hmm. And when we, um, when we, I mean, that's been a recent study. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. And uh, what's that called? I asked you earlier when, when the uh, scientific uh, group uh, reconfirms something. But anyway. Oh, I, confirmation I, bias? I, yeah. I, I hope that, that I'm not just providing a bunch of bull. But I, it just makes so much sense because when I'm nodding my head mm-hmm. at uh, on my main source, I love um, PBS News. I oh, love yeah. um, NPR and um, Nightly News on P- what is it, whatever it's called. News Hour. Yeah, News Hour. And I feel like it's the most objective of all of them. But see, people will think, oh, that's just a commie rap. Right, right. But it's like, why? Because they present a set of facts that don't jive with your ideology. I think it would be so useful for people to, to see what journalists have to go through as far as their ethics and, mm-hmm. and always getting a couple sources, always making sure you give airtime to both sides, and uh, it's not happening at all. And I, I think the media does go out of its way many times, maybe not always, but many times to be fair and objective to the point where I'm actually annoyed. So I, I stopped watching CNN for a long time because they were creating false equivalencies. So, for example, they would bring on a scientist who would basically present the case for climate change, right? Mm-hmm. And then they would bring on a climate change denier. Well, I'm sorry. That's, you're creating a false equivalency. In other words, the denier would bring up these facts that are really demonstrably false. I mean, scientifically false, and yeah. you can show it through studies. And I guess, doesn't that where the rubber hits a road with, yeah. with science and provability? Right. But So my point there is you're basically presenting one against one. Right. But in actuality, that one scientist who says climate change is real is backed up by 98% of scientists. Yeah, right. And, and that you, one climate change denier is backed up by exactly. 2%. You just need God on the jury saying, nope. Yep. And it's like the gong show. Bong, you're yeah. gone. <laughs> and and you can't do that. And and when you mm-hmm. give airtime inequality to this goofball view, mm-hmm. half or 
approximation of that is going to believe in it. Because mm-hmm. really, it goes down and humans are not logical. We are just not. We are going to go with our gut. Mm-hmm. And that's been shown. Again, that study has been duplicated again and again. We do not care about science and demonstrability. We care more about what makes us feel good and the dopamine right. that, that those um, viewpoints give us. Right. I, I, and I think, you know, you see that it's like confirmation bias. So people will not Mm. only nod and agree with things that they like, but they'll seek out sources. Yes. They don't challenge themselves. All right. What do you read? Let's see how... I mean, because I'm definitely not balanced. I'm I'm like 80-20. I, I, I make a point of reading Drudge and reading The Federalist and reading um, National Review and reading The the Economist, like we discussed earlier, could be thought of as conservative, I think, mm-hmm. especially on on fiscal issues. But um, I think socially they're, they're not. What I, do you read? No, I, so this is like... The softball question Katie Couric gave Sarah. Oh, yes. <laughs> she couldn't what did answer. she say? I've read most of them, again, with a great appreciation for the press, for the media. Like what coming, one specifically? I'm curious that you... Um, all of them, any of them that um, have, have been in front of me over all these years. Um, I, have a va- I have a vast variety of sources where we get our news to... The... The... Duh, she duh. couldn't answer the question. Yeah, she couldn't, could she? Yeah, how easy is that? And by the way, uh, on, on an aside, I think McCain just admitted that that was a bad choice. Yeah, he said he, said he should have picked Joe Lieberman. Yeah. So I read, my two papers that I read are the New York Times and <gasps> Washington Post. Oh my gosh. I know. And I read them every day too. But I, to me, that's like the gold standard in journalism. And I'll read the my local paper, the Santa Maria Times. The other one that I read a lot too is Vox. Mm-hmm. I think Vox does a really good job, the explainer, of explaining things. Mm-hmm. And I think people will accuse them of, ha- of having a liberal slant or bias. They, I mean, they do. Which they do. They do. But they do a really good job of breaking things down into um, comprehensible chunks. Yeah, so I, I, I appreciate that. I agree. I love their explainer issues. I mean, I am always looking for the uh, tendency to to give more import to the left, but I mean, they're pretty darn good. They are, and and you know what? This, these are the skills that people need to be taught. Watch for um, bias. Mm-hmm. Always watch for bias. Know what they've done. What. And even it'd be cool to put all these publications on a continuum, uh, a, think, a left-right continuum, I think that just exists. for like kids in eighth grade. We're both eighth grade, seventh grade teachers, and and just to see where they are, so people can judge them um, by that. That exists. Let me look it up. Really? That is. Yeah. I want to check that site out. That's cool. And how do they come to that? By the way, because that's are the liberals that are deciding that or what? See, it's just like we need God sitting as jury, you know. There's no getting around it. We are trying now. We are to the third stage. We're at the Big Sur double IPA, and I'm loving it. And it's super similar to Lizard's Lizard's Mouth. (laughs) Because they're all super high alcohol, so my tongue is thick. That exists where they will, they've done that, where they've placed media sources on like a spectrum of ideology. Yeah. 
And um, I can't remember what, I think it was like PBS NewsHour Ooh. that was more toward the middle. Mm-hmm. Because they really do try to be objective. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're publicly funded, right? They're yeah. not getting money from, you know, big-time donors. Yeah. So they do their best to be as objective as possible. Yeah. You know, um, one of the solutions is, and we're, we got to talk about solutions. This is a huge problem when this huge chunk of the population doesn't trust this important, important traditional um, pillar of our society, Snopes and mm-hmm. PolitiFact. Oh, and yeah. I think those are, that's one solution. But a certain uh Section or society, I won't yeah. call it right or left, but it's yeah. the right, says that it's bull- <laughs> Snopes, PolitiFact, and like Washington Post, Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. But those uh, those sites go out of their way. They must fact check that shit out of that stuff. They do. They really do. Mm-hmm. And and even that is poo-pooed by the right. It's right. I don't. Have you seen the left ever poo-poo PolitiFact and and the Pinocchio bit? Rachel Maddow, for a while, had a jihad against PolitiFact. Okay. Well, good. Because it was too accommodating to the other side. It was going out of its way. In other words, and too far out of its way. So, like, they would give something that was false, um, like, slightly true rating. Okay. Right. When it was, like, mostly Come on, yeah. So, like, giving it even slightly true gives it the impression that it's accurate. Yeah. Well, I think that that... I mean, if we're going to talk about solutions to this quagmire, mm-hmm. I think that those sites are outstanding and definitely part of the solution. So my, my, I probably irritate all my Facebook friends because when they post something, I'm like, that's bull****. I'll check Snopes. And it's like, yeah. for sure, it's bull****. And I think, okay, this is not on our list of things to talk about, but we need to talk about it. Good. People don't have a bull****. Meter. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see something on Facebook and go, that's clearly false. Yeah. And I'll go online. Check it. It's false. Yeah. People don't. And I think that kind of goes to a study done by MIT that you were telling me about earlier. And people, they'll see something that confirms their beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe it's novel or maybe it applies. Or the hell out of it and retweet it. So what is, what would they, they found like um, false news were six times. I mean, give me, give me the uh, more likely to be retweeted. Was that what it was? Yes. Then real news. And of course everyone is going to ask, well, yeah, how they find out what real news is, but come on, give them the credit that they, that, I mean, that the sun's going to come up the next morning. Exactly. So um, this MIT study actually just to, Take a step back. Did, did not use the word fake news because it has been so polluted um, yeah, I, in our current climate. I like that. So they went with false news, and which is not too different. And when Trump says fake news, then you have to not use it in your report. Basically. Um, so MIT, their study found that false news stories are 70% more likely to be retweeted than true stories. Right. Man. And it said, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm shocked. That's crazy. I'm in the same breath. I say that. And then it's, and they also said it also takes true stories six times as long to reach 1500 people as it does for false I mean, stories. Perfect to reach sense, the same number. But it shows a huge problem with humans. Yeah. We go with our gut. So I think the big 
push for humanity right now is to get with Spock. I really do. Spockian. I, we, we need to be more logical. We need to get more logic. We need to be more objective. Mm-hmm. We have to stop going with our gut and what we want to believe. Right. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to bring up something that is Shoot. totally off of the board. <laughs> totally. It goes way back to the Fred talk. Do you think that religious people, because they rely on faith, are more likely to go against evidence and go with their gut? Is faith have to do with gut and 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 uh, evidence have to go with the mind? Or I mean, hmm. what is your take on that? I think I don't even look at it that way. I look, look at, at it as, that way. I'm asking you to look at it. If I were to look at it that way, I don't. I don't know. It's probably a mixed bag because I think that religious people, regardless, are still people. Oh yeah. And I think people do that regardless. Yeah. But I will say that they're totally guilty of supplanting their faith with their political ideology. And I got to say, it depends on the religious person. Like, you are just such a lover of logic and objectivity. It's the CBN people. And yes. we can get into how CBN has been completely... I <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's nutty how much untruth this purportedly um, truth-telling religious um, channel spews. It's just disgusting. It's the Christian Broadcasting Network, um, which is run by uh, Pat Robertson. Is it not the Pharisees and Sadducees of today? Totally. And they've got Mike Huckabee on there, right? Oh, man. And amazing. And so, yeah, it's just, it's the religious version of Fox News. Yeah. And and it's amazing how aligned Trump is with them mm-hmm. and how hypocrite. I mean, we talk with a buddy of ours who says, stop with this, how personally abhorrent Trump is. Stop that. We all agree with that. He, policy-wise, is giving everything that CBN wants. He's giving right. Gorsuch. Is it Gorsuch? Gorsuch. Or Gorsuch. Gorsuch, okay, it is. He's given um, the tax wall, cuts. tax cuts. We can go on and on. Which are a bummer. But where does like the the personal and how do you how are you against Clinton and not against on purely because Clinton was as Republican as even he admitted mm-hmm. um, as any Democrat was, especially right. fiscally, right? Well, ah. had, Bill Clinton had his famous third way. Yeah, was that middle ground between conservative and liberal? And good for the Democrats for conceding on the. Fiscal mm-hmm. part, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, Bill Clinton ended up with the surplus, whereas yeah. no one's had one since him. Exactly. So, But you know what? That's a fact that is totally drowned out. Mm-hmm. Oh, And, gosh. again, it comes down to... See, I tried not to be partisan. I can't help but just slowly go that way. I mean, and I think it's just natural. Because, like, as we've mentioned before, you know, human beings are pretty tribal. Yeah, but, but is the right just dicks? Are they f***ed up? Are they I think if you look at study after study, conservatives tend to believe false news, fake news more often. Is it as crazy as one side is just evil? I kind of think it is. And this is, this is right. blows our whole show out of the water because this is where somebody says, see, there we go. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ah. Uh, if you look at Snopes, PolitiFact, and all these, I mean, they, they fact check the hell out of things. They do. And it goes at least two or three to one right. against Trump and and Republicans mm-hmm. and and fake news uh, pro- propounded by Republicans. Right, fake right. news pushed by Republicans, and that's the thing. Okay, so President Trump, and I can't believe I just said those words. I never say that. Yeah, Mister 
don't don't do it again. Trump. <laughs> yeah. Trump himself perpetuates fake news. So yeah. not only does yes. he quote Infowars, Alex Jones, oh my he gosh. goes he goes on those shows. How does President? How does he quote Alex Jones, who is a conspiracy nut of the highest order? All right, are we in, in an echo chamber right now? See, that's the thing. We we are actually questioning ourselves, and that's good. At we least are. we have that. Do do the, does the right do that? And we think I think we think of ourselves as fairly centrist or not I would consider myself I don't yeah. even like calling myself liberal no so I, I, don't was, I was listening to one of the podcasts with my wife I can think of so and, many issues that do not align myself with right but the right doesn't do a lot of self-reflection I totally and agree. I hate to say that but it's because they watch things like Fox News or they listen to really extreme conservative, you know, radio outlets, and all their friends are conservative. And that's another thing too: is people, Americans, are moving to places that fit their ideology. Wow! And they're engaging with friends who fit their ideology. I've had friends unfriend me. Where does this lead? So we're all like increasingly we're self segregating based on our political ideology. This is we get back. In more power Mm -hmm. to the centrality of our show, the self-segregation, than ever before. Mm -hmm. It's it's shocking. And what do we do? What are the solutions? I I think it has to be, number one, what we're doing. Dialogue, conversations. Yeah. Yeah. We have to get, so we need to get um, conservatives on here. Bring on your buddy. Your uh, your buddy. I will. I need to do that. Yes. I have these conversations with people who vote for Trump, and I always ask them, like, how can you, and, and sometimes they're Christian, how can you as a Christian vote for them? And it's it's like our buddy said, it's all these issues. Yep. Well, Trump is anti-abortion. He's not. No. He's not. No. He might have appointed a justice. He might have thrown a bone to the religious right, but personally, he's not. He knows the game, right? Yep. He knows, if I'm going to run for this office in this party... I need to say X, Y, Z. Totally off the subject. Mm-hmm. No, on the subject, but to kind of. He might have impregnated a gal and had her have an abortion. I didn't hear about that. Oh man, it's it sounds very very possible. I wouldn't doubt. Look, it. look. Oh man. Can that know? But, but have... that doesn't matter because that would be totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and here that might be fake news, and I should have brought that up because that's totally in the works and unsubstantiated. I don't know how you substantiate that, but man, it becomes he said, she said. Yeah. All right. So, I, need, I need to go pee real quick. All right. Russia. We got it. We talked mm. about Russia last week, but yeah, I, I feel like we have to. So Trump did or did not honored or he praised Putin. So he did that, Multiple which times. is shocking. And he said he loves WikiLeaks. He, okay, there's that, and then there's tons of evidence mm-hmm. that Russia has this department, shall we call it, mm-hmm. that not only personally sends out comments and tries to sway the argument one way or the other, but also has like machine, machines sending out comments to, Mm -hmm. this is like the bots. This is 
This is Cold War. This is uh, the new warfare. Right. Because Putin is a former KGB agent. Once a KGB, always a KGB. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, as I look at it, I'm like, of course. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I mean, if that doesn't happen, that's the biggest failure on Russia. If there are an enemy, mm-hmm. that's a huge, huge failure on their part. Totally. And But the thing about it is they f- one. They, they, they definitely, they, they are winning that. Well, how do you like those subversive apples, Chief? Superb, bad enough, a triumph. So the lesson from the election was they can f*** with people's elections, win, and get no consequences. Yep. Because Trump is bending over backwards with this whole Mueller investigation to prevent people from looking into the Russia connections, to say he had no collusion, no collusions with Russia whatsoever. Yeah. And so Russia's like, let's do this again. Let's roll. Yeah. Next election. And elections in other countries. Yes. I mean, it's not just us. Those guys are going hog wild. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the... What is that great show that I love to watch? Not the Americans, but Homeland. Homeland, yes. Homeland had this as a huge theme, and it is huge how you can you can hire a bunch of smart people to be in a room mm-hmm. and send comment after comment, and because humans are so inclined to trust their gut, mm-hmm. um, you swim. And this is such an interesting fact of fake news. We've got to get into this. This is this is new. This is informational warfare. This is it classic. Is. So this is like George Orwell's yes new speak. Oh, Orwell is king. Read him. He saw this. Mm-hmm. He knew the power of words and language. The most important tool. Don't ever distrust this fact. Ever created by human beings is language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whoever has. The the most effective language, I guess, defense <laughs> defense mm-hmm. system or offense system is going to win. Yeah, because when you control language, you control thought. Yes, that's the stakes. Mm-hmm. The stakes are big. And so when you put out news stories that Pope can we Francis can we move what we're saying right now to the beginning? Because this is what I want to say. The stakes are huge. Huge. Yeah. And, you know, that goes to, like I, I talked about last week, the Ohio State University study that showed that the top fake news stories were Clinton was in very poor health due to serious illness, Pope Francis endorsed Trump, not true, and Clinton approved weapon sales to Islamic Jihad. I remember all of it. I was I was laughing, mm-hmm. but I, I at the same time, I had no trust that tons of people were just like yeah. eating it up. And so every time I saw someone post that on Facebook, I was going there and go, this is fake news. This is not true. You are sharing something that is demonstrably false. And I would share like a Washington Post or Snopes story, yep. Yep. right? It doesn't matter because people don't right. care about the facts. Right. They care and, about- and that that Snopes becomes the enemy at that point, right? And that's the other thing. I because of the gut. All. We have to get back to the gut. Well, Snopes is a liberal. No. No. They're providing the facts. Read it and counteract the facts and the statements, the claims mm-hmm. rather than, than just carte blanche, oh, it's a liberal. It's basically yeah. ad hominem. Right. So you're you're attacking not the ideas, not the truths, not the facts. But you're attacking Do you ever feel like you're just yelling into the wind? Spitting so? into the wind. <laughs> yeah. You're spitting into the wind, yeah. Right back throwing at an you. Egg, throwing an egg into the wind, yeah. having it blow back in my face. I mean, what's the point? The point, um, one point that is happening is we in education are now on 
a real big critical thinking kick, mm -hmm. which is a great thing. Yes. And we have actually introduced the term fact checker yes. into eighth grade. I hope they introduce fact checkers. And Snope and, and, and Media Fact and, and all these sites, that's all they do. They, they, they go to primary sources. Mm -hmm. And we have to rely more on primary sources than, than commentary. And I've been doing more uh, primary sources in my class, and I do at the end of the year this media literacy unit, and I teach them to look for fallacies. I teach them to look nice. for like techniques that media or advertisers use. You teach the fallacies, don't you? I teach. You them. taught the fallacies I to me. Bandwagon, ad hominem, yeah, two quo quay, all of them. Who is the ultimate band? I mean, um, uh, ad hominem guy. Plus Trump. Trump is just sick, and people love sucking into the whole ad hominem. They do. I, you know what? I I gotta bring up, um, and it has something to do with this whole topic. Is snark? I mm -hmm. am. I used to love snark because it's funny. Yeah. But now I hate it. And you, we all have to be careful about getting sucked in by snark. Mm -hmm. Snark is oh, I feel good because our side won. You know. Or I made the most cutting. Yes, effect. yes. And that's what social media has become. Yeah. One upping one another and Yeah, I mean, it's this is a great episode because we're hitting it. This is what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Snark is cares more about winning, winning than being right. Yes. Yeah. So I totally destroyed that person. Well, did you just need yeah. facts? Yes. No, but yes. I, I destroyed them personally. Stop with the snark. Do you think? I feel mm -hmm. like there's a millennial thing with snark. I feel like millennial, and, and I shouldn't do this. This is bull. But uh, come on. I see it with my Go. students though too. Yeah. Like they, they love. Yeah. Oh, we got them. They love yeah, memes. But, they love yeah. that whole style of they think it's comedy yeah. the whole style of comedy where you're just attacking a person mm -hmm. and bringing them down and they have to tell the guys like it has to do with facts engage their ideas yeah your five senses yep so i got a question for you i'm, I'm really interested I, this is kind of not important but i love thinking about this was this always going to happen no. I, I think it, it was, and you don't think it was. I think that this is like an actu a natural sort of outcropping of the internet. This is a confluence. There's a confluence of, of things happening yes, right now. For sure. So everybody is a commentator. <laughs> everybody gets his voice heard. Yes. Sorry about his. I don't mean to. I'm it's so their, sorry. Yeah. It's their person's yeah. voice Every heard. Every person's gets there. And, and, so there's internet, mm -hmm. and then there's Russia, right? So yeah. there's internet, there's Russia, and then there's Trump, and and this huge, huge gulf between the two sides. Hyperpartisanship, yeah, hyperpartisanship, and then which it goes along with uh, echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And if I'm slurring right now, it's because I am just on number three. Oh, you're ahead of me. No, we're we're on number three too. You're on. Oh, okay. I'm just. Uh, you have your whole glasses oh, full, and yeah. mine is almost empty. And I'm going to go back to lager. <laughs> and, and so, I think this was just crazily, I think this is just bound to happen. I, I don't know. Who, what would have happened, had to have happened for this not to happen? I think that political forces, I should say, caused this to happen. Not that it was necessarily okay. bound to happen. Okay. Because I, I, I think the internet had so much promise in the sense that um, and you know Bill Clinton used the um, famous like bridge to the 21st century right. the information highway this was like you know we had the industrial revolution this is the information revolution that's kind of where I'm going with it was that hijacked. I like that you yeah but of course it was 
it was just so ripe. It was such a low-hanging mm-hmm. fruit. Yeah. You know? That low-hanging forbidden fruit. Yeah. And I kind of think that we're now going in the right direction. Facebook, I mean, maybe not entirely, but Facebook says, okay, we are going to actually, I think they're going to um, put a whole bunch of man hours, mm-hmm. not bot hours, on demonstrably refuting a bunch of stories and a lot, uh, and not of, promoting them. Right, and, and that needs to happen, of course. Right, and they admitted that they were way too lax in the past because people were creating fake profiles who are Russian nationalists, mm-hmm. right? Foreign Russian nationalists. They were just working for Putin. And exactly, they were. And then they created fake profiles and then through those fake Watch profiles... Watch Homeland. Exactly. They were paying yeah. for political campaigns, which yeah. is illegal. Yeah. Which were fake stories. So, where does that lead us? I mean, what's what's the next... What's the next... Uh, it, is is the Russian connection done, or they're going to continue to they're try? They're continuing. It's going to keep. All right. Let's- One of the problems, though, so with the internet, and you mentioned this, was um, everyone's a commentator. Everyone has their soapbox, Ooh. and this is Ooh. kind of Andy Warhol's. Yep. You know, everyone gets their fifteen minutes of fame. Only it's, it's twenty four hours a day. It's a of these crazy, yeah, ideas. And so, our facts. It, it is, and I will literally Realities. have these Facebook arguments with people, which I should stop doing. Because it's pointless. Where they will promote fake stories, yeah. false narratives. Like, no. Do you? Uh, I'm getting <laughs> off on another f-ing rabbit hole. But do you? Are do we engage or just say f- it? They're dumb. I don't know. I think we should engage. I feel like you should engage, but then at a certain point, back off. All right. Okay. Because just I, give, give your point and just get out of there because they're just dumb and there's nothing to be done. Yes. Because like. So, uh, to back up, to go down your rabbit hole for just for a brief moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. We can go on. This is such a rich, rich topic. It is. But so what I've done before is I'll, I'll have these epic back and forth with people who are completely wrong, and I'll come. I'll I'll, I'll either stop or the person will stop, and I'll go my separate way. And I will have someone later on contact me on Facebook and say like, "Hey." Thank you for having that conversation with that person. Like, I was reading your guys' back and forth. Hell yeah. You were totally right. So, engage, in other words. I guess engage because even though I'm engaging that person, someone else is watching. What happens when you don't engage? It is laziness. Wow. I am suddenly a convert to engaging. I really am. Because if you don't, so you're not only you're trying to convert that person right. in a way, you, other you, people you know, will be watching. Right. But I'm more concerned if what happens when you don't. Right. Right. You basically are. You're conceding. Tacitly approving yeah. their false yeah. news narrative. Okay. Right? Where the hell were we? So I was going to say, yeah. so I will have these conversations with people, for example, who will say, well, you know, Mexicans are just coming into this country. They're fl- overflowing the borders and they're. You know, taking all of our benefits. Look at the facts. Exactly. Here are the facts. People coming into the country illegally is actually declining. And President Obama deported tons of people, more than Bush. Yeah. Yeah. And in California, it is illegal for undocumented immigrants to take advantage of our social services. Their children can, right? And I think that's where people will complain. But they're citizens. They've been born here. Right. But undocumented people themselves cannot. I mean, you just go down the line. 
false narratives. Mm-hmm. And we as teachers have to do better. And so I know, Joel, you yeah. have done lessons in the past where you do media literacy. Like we, you had a, a lesson on like all have. the octopus or the yeah. tree octopus or something. Yeah. You, you gave me that. Didn't you? I think it was, I think it was Kara. Or Linda. Yeah. Kara, I think, gave it to you. Oh. Mm. So like you tell the kids about this story about the tree octopus, and they go, right. oh, wow, that's so crazy. And they believe it. And then at the end of the lesson, you go, actually, that was not true. Right. Right. You have, to bl- you have to blow their minds like that. You do. You have to just shoot them down like that. A ton. Like my dog mm-hmm. always yelling at the doorbell. And then you just get somebody to ring that doorbell, and the dog just yells. And you open it. Nobody's there. You dog on it. You do it like 20 <laughs> times. And then the dog finally says, oh, I'm going to stop yelling. Uh-huh. Yeah. You ha- we have to keep on giving kids <laughs> fake news until they realize, I'm going to start using the frontal lobe. Exactly. Yep. And so I've been telling my kids, don't make a claim. Don't present an argument to me unless you have actual yep. facts. Yep. Not how you feel. Stop right? with the gut. Not the cliches, not the, you know, parodying of what you're Has the gut been given equal time with the, the brain I think in the past? Time. I think so, too. That has to stop. Come on. So Stephen Colbert, years ago, when he was still on, the company, on Comedy Central, he had a thing called truthiness. Oh, yeah. Right? And truthiness was in, like, it's Was that invented gut. by George Bush or no? Just it was, in, was invented yeah. by Colbert. Okay. During the Bush that's administration. Right. That's right. That's right. He's like, you know, because it feels good. It, yeah. it sounds true in your mm-hmm. gut, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives us dopamine. Yeah. So I think Colbert was onto something before. Uh, oh, absolutely. Before a lot of us caught on. He's a treasure. Mm. All right. Cheers to that. That was that outstanding. Was good. And then we could do a third one, but oh, we'll, man. we'll end it there. We can go on and on. So this is the segment of our show where Joel and I each share one thing that we've been reading or listening or watching. So, Joel, this week, what have you read or watched or listened to? All right. <laughs> I listen to so much. Have you seen... I mean, I shouldn't have asked you. I know you haven't. We discussed this. But uh, Childish Gambino has come out with a video, and I care way more about it. We've already had this discussion about I love the art versus the message. Mm-hmm. I like the goosebumps versus the, what it does to my brain mm-hmm. way more. And that video's choreography, that video's, um, shall we say, it is as violent it is more violent by far than any video than you'll, that you'll watch. People's brains being blown out right in front of you. This is America. And it um, connecting to the intellectual through symbolism and through, and but the choreography is amazing. Glover is, I am realizing, is a freaking stud. I had no idea that he was even Gambino before <laughs> I watched that, which is nutty, and that he is now going to be uh, Lando. I mean, I so he's got all these stuff coming on, but the, that, that the video is that good and um, and that historical. He's wearing, for instance, I had to go on to a lot of YouTubes to find out what all the I, I I understood that there's all kinds of symbolism behind his song, which I don't even remember the name of, and you have to put in. But I think it was like the American Dreamer. This is America. This is America. Yeah. This is America. I got the strap. Hey, I gotta carry him. 
And um, I don't even agree with you having to look that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But man, it was great. It was such great choreography. And you can, I guess you can imbibe the, the knowledge through art. Mm-hmm. That's weird. You, I, I understood the facts mm-hmm. before looking them up through right. the art. Mm-hmm. That's nutty to me. I think that's totally true, though. I think art is oftentimes an entryway or like an arrowhead into the intellect. I think that might that be was, one way. That was it, yeah. Donald Glover, I believe his name is Donald Glover. He, yeah, like you said, he'll be Lando, Calrissian. He was in Spider-Man. He was in that show Community. He's done so many funny things. He is I think he's, awesome. I think he is sort of unheralded. I mean, I didn't totally. even... Under I mean, the radar. I, obviously, I heard his name before, but wow, what a talent. Really talented. And I, I have to admit that I haven't seen it yet, which is embarrassing. I'll have to go no, watch it. No, And I'll put clips in right now so you can kind of get an idea. Um, so, like, I'll put a clip in, like, right now. We go, Lola, yeah. If you like dancing, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you can like great choreography and dancing, then you just have to watch it on that. I mean, you're going to see some really violent stuff, but mm-hmm. it is worth it. It is, man, it is, you, you can just scratch the surface of the symbolism. And then if you want to dig deeper, there's tons to dig deeper. And I did. I went down that rabbit hole so deep and it was fun. He's wearing, I'll tell you right now, Confederate pants. Oh my God. You know, just that, you know, yeah. it's cool. That is cool. So what are you doing? Reading, oh. listening to. So my wife and I have gotten into this Netflix um, series by oh, CNN. That's right. We watched the, the 70s. Um, well, first we watched called? the 80s. And it was all about Reagan. And there's a whole episode on Reaganomics where basically it's like, yeah, Reaganomics didn't in work. In 1980, you were how old? Not born. You were born in 1984. Yeah. 80s is so seminal to me. That is so instructive to me. Okay, go on. <laughs> a different time. Yeah. So I watched the 80s. Great show. But then the 70s, I was like, ah, oh, 70s, so boring. But then it's like, it's, it was so amazing. I loved, oh, the yeah. sh- I loved Norman Lear. Shows like Sanford and Son, Ooh. All in the Family, oh, yeah. you know, all those kinds of shows. But the one episode that really stood out to me was the episode on President Nixon. Because it paralleled Trump so well. Here you had a case where Nixon was actually polling quite well. He was popular with the American people because I think he was kind of a natural politician in many senses, even though he was kind of awkward, I guess. But he also had done great things. Like Trump's trying to do this whole North Korea, South Korea peace deal. Well, Nixon went to China, right? And he was there when the astronauts went off into space and landed on the moon. He had these iconic moments. And so he was riding on this wave of popularity. And yet his own personal characteristics were his downfall. He was so paranoid and so suspicious that he kept a hate list. And he, I'm sure of it, Helped organize multiple break-ins. Of course. One of which being the infamous Watergate Hotel break-in, which was then um, the headquarters of the Democratic National um, Committee. Yeah. 
And people like G. Gordon Liddy, people like Howard Hunt, and James McCord, they broke into the Watergate Hotel posing as plumbers to yeah. steal information. And they got arrested. That began kind of the, the collapse of the House of Cards for him. And it was amazing to see these people, like G. Gordon Liddy, it's a, it's a cult of personality. And that's what Trump has too, this cult of personality. Where people will literally forgive him for walking into Fifth Avenue and shooting someone. How do we... So we already, I hope everyone agrees that that's the gut. That is the gut. How do we get people to trust their mind over their gut? I mean, it has to start in school, and then we're going to be called propagandists as teachers. Yeah. Even though we're just, I mean, it comes down to the scientific method, you know. Wow. There's a great front, front line. That that is, I'm sure, parallels a lot of that. And oh man! So uh, you know, the show ends, of course, with this drama about um, the Senate having their hearings, the Saturday Night Massacre, where um, Nixon fired his Attorney General, mm. fired his Deputy Attorney General because they wouldn't fire the Special Prosecutor. Mm. And of course, now Trump has threatened to fire the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. He's threatened to fire. Rod Rosenstein, Already because he wants to fire Mueller, mm-hmm. you know? And so that mirrors what Nixon did, and perfectly. It's creepy, almost. Wow. And so, eventually, Nixon hired Robert Bork to be <laughs> the Attorney General. Marijuana Bork. Exactly. He fired That um, is crazy that we prosecutor. cared about that, but that was a different time. Back then. Yeah. But, and of course, then... There was the hearings, and it came out that Nixon had tapes, and he was recording his meetings, and the tapes came out, and, you know, 19 minutes were missing, but even the tapes were damning. And three days later, Nixon resigned. I mean, you were on the edge of your seat. That is drama, mm-hmm. that you, that you, but, but that the fact that it was real yes. makes it so much more visceral. Yes. You know, you're just like, what the hell? But that's not a drama. That's right. just, that's nonfiction. But then that it's playing out now. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because yes. there's all, all this talk about will Trump fire Mueller or won't he? Yeah. And there's like, will he fire Sessions? Will and you he know fire what? Rosenstein? To some Republicans' credit, they're like, no, if he, if he fires, and mm-hmm. God bless them. We yeah. have to give, we're liberals for the most part, but we try to be objective, mm-hmm. and we have to give credit to the Republicans that say, no, like Lindsey, uh, if he does that, he's goners. I think, I think they he said would be that. goners. Yeah. I think and good be. for the Republicans that say that because there's a bullload who would be on his boat even if he did that, that yeah. despicable act, and he might do it. So if you gotta, that happens, that's be nutty. You got to go on Facebook and I see can't wait to watch how that. many people think Trump should fire Mueller. Republicans. <laughs> oh. now, Mueller is so you know dishonorable, and he's on a jihad. Uh, I'm sorry. Mueller was... He's got two indictments. He's got two indictments. He has multiple indictments. Yeah. So many charges. And they're conceding. But Mueller... They don't know that, though. They don't. But Mueller is a Republican who was originally appointed by Bush to be the FBI director. Not indictments, but... Have they? He uh, has like indictments. He's got a but, whole list. But, 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 criminal charges. Um, the, the, the Greek guy and... Um, oh, yeah. 
They have already convictions. Yeah, convictions. There's right. a whole already list. There's okay. a whole list of. So I just it was, wish it was, people knew the facts. It was ridiculous. It's, 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 so again, this all comes down down to gut versus brain. Yeah. Uh, Spock versus Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> and Spock rules. He does. Yeah. People get out there. Learn. Learn. Watch this Netflix series, the '70s, and then of course watch the '80s. Do your research. Mm-hmm. And once I started, and it was really, to your credit, part of you and and the fact that um, you can sit down with people who actually can direct you to primary sources and stuff yes. like that, you know, and, and Snopes and people that will direct you to primary sources. And, and that's a big part. Just go after it, people. Don't be afraid, people, to delve in deep, you know? Yes, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, Netflix, yeah, 70s and 80s. That's and right do on. your research, primary sources. Yes, yes. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. Cheers to that. Episode 13. You could do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. We read the reviews. We love them. I need to start sharing the reviews as well. Your rating will help others find this show. We have reviews. We have Ooh. reviews. I know. I need to share them. Uh, we are. I mean, I never we're, imagined. We're getting 100 listens. I, I would like to grow that more, but 100 is good. That's amazing. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. And if you're following us on Facebook or Instagram, please share with your friends these episodes because we would like our show to grow and we would like more and more people to um, hear the content that we have to share with you so thank you for listening we will see you next week cheers cheers Woo.